0: This is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Syndulla on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. May the Force be with you always. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit
1: red5network.com. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task?
2: fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we're recording this episode on Monday, September 5th, Labor Day. All right, so I am pleased to announce that I am once again joined by my good friend, my co-host, Tom Howell. Uh, After having relocated from the the West Coast over to the East Coast, he's made a huge shift. And uh, Tom, welcome back to the Jedi Temple Archives. We missed you, my friend oh it's great to be back in the
3: Jedi temple Archives Rob i I, I had a little struggle getting here I kind of forgot the way <laughs> luckily I had my trusty data pad with me and, and updated the uh, the Nava computer within it and was able to find the right turn to get into here found the keys under the mat thank you for leaving them there for me <laughs> always it's good always to be back with you
2: uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've missed this, you know, Kim always talks about the fact that we uh we do a great job of kind of going back and forth and having different views and uh respect for each other's views even though they're sometimes different, but I think uh you know, I think the episode today we're going to dive into a character that uh we've seen in Rogue One, you know, the the general movie going public who maybe doesn't get into some of the animated series doesn't really know that well, uh, but he is a much bigger character when you look at the entire body of his time in the Star Wars universe uh, than what a lot of people know unless they're into those animated series, and that is Saw Gerrera, uh, freedom fighter, um, leader of the partisans, and uh, really kind of a, a key figure within the Clone Wars series leading up to Rogue One
3: definitely such an important character that yeah you you know if you you've probably seen him in rogue one um but you may not know his complete history and all he's done and um you know was key to kind of being a start of the rebel alliance even before they knew that they needed one um you know so it's his, his tactics You know, little questionable at times, you know, his decision making, um, not necessarily always the best, but just a very, very interesting character within the Star Wars universe, for sure.
1: There's the myth and there's the man, and sometimes his methods are extreme. He's just someone that doesn't believe in playing nice all the time.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I think of him as kind of the non-Force user version of like a Mace Windu, right? Mace Windu with that Vapod lightsaber style that he developed where he was kind of drawing on some of the dark side uh, strength but not going to the dark side. And Saw Gerrera was, uh, you know, one of these characters that, as you mentioned, you know, questionable tactics. He was uh, often labeled a terrorist as opposed to a rebel. Uh, and he is kind of the guy that that probably laid the path for characters like Cassian Andor and, you know, all of those assassins and saboteurs that we meet in Rogue One. Uh, he was a little bit of the dark side of, of the Rebel Alliance. He was a guy who towed that line and straddled that line and occasionally maybe crossed over that line. Uh, but he was put up against a character like Amon Mothma, who was a total pacifist. She wanted to do everything peacefully through negotiations. And... The reality of uh, the situation with the Rebel Alliance is with Sheev uh, Palpatine, aka Darth Sidious, running the Galactic Empire. Uh, he was not going to let someone uh, peacefully talk through uh, removing him as Emperor and and essentially, um, you know, giving up the power that he had attained.
3: Right, definitely a different uh, viewpoint between um, Saw and, yes, Mon Mothma and Bail Organa as well, kind of tied in with Mon Mothma very much into that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, Mon Mothma was there trying to basically coax as many systems, as many people as possible to join the cause, you know, and kind of felt like it had to be more of a diplomatic way of doing that. Whereas saw was mostly, look, it's just smash. Let's just get out <laughs> there and disrupt as much as possible. Be the blunt force that we need to be out there, uh, make them pay. And that's how to do it. So yeah, completely different viewpoints. And, you know, you can decide for yourself which one was better. Yeah. depends on which way you fall on the whole th- how much the empire wronged you within your life right um but obviously when it was all said and done it's mon mothma and bailargana and that whole group which the more peaceful the more diplomatic yet ready to pull out the knife as needed Mm -hmm. um to get the job done
2: yeah and i i would almost argue that you know uh the, the fact that Mon Mothma existed uh, to kind of serve as a counterpoint to Saw Gerrera is kind of what led to the Rebel Alliance becoming what it was because they did learn to adapt some of the tactics that Saw employed, some of the, you know, strike and flee uh, and some of the more extreme tactics. But she was still at the head of the Rebel Alliance and she kind of served to uh, – Maybe put some constraints on what they did to keep it from going too far, uh, and that's really one of the things as we get into this conversation about Sagharera. He was very much uh, passionate. He called himself a patriot, not a terrorist. Uh, led a group, uh, as I mentioned earlier, known as the Partisans, uh, that were his freedom fighters and basically were incredibly loyal to him. Uh, but that whole thing, you know, started on Onderon within the Clone Wars, and and actually uh, the interesting aspect of that is he and his sister, Steela Guerrera, uh, he did have a sister who was uh, again, very much kind of a a limiting or a a moderating force, I guess I would say, on his rash tactics. Uh, You know, they were actually assisted in learning how to uh, combat at the time the Separatists by Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka who we've all talked about in previous episodes. Uh
0: Mm. A bit rough around the edges, wouldn't you say? That's why I brought Rex here. They're not exactly what I would call shiny, sir, but... I could work with them. General
1: Skywalker. At your service. This is General Kenobi, Commander Tano, and Captain Rex. We're looking forward to taking a fight to those scrapping droids. Yes, all
0: in good time. So, Saw Guerrera.
1: He fashions himself as our leader, though no one elected him.
0: Well, for now, we're in charge. And there is much to learn.
1: Separatists have strength in numbers. We're going to show you how to target and destroy them. Now, to be
0: clear, we are not here to fight your war. Rather, to show you how to conduct it in the most efficient and successful way possible.
3: Yeah, there was a uh, situation there on Onderon where they had taken out the the leader uh, of that planet and um, placed uh, Count Duke, who had basically placed a separatist um, governor to kind of see over that and and push it towards uh the separist way um and and kind of control that planet as meanwhile uh saw and Stila and others uh, were there trying to uh, to get their guy essentially back within that and so they were kind of doing this uh this undercover rebellion so to speak and they reached out to the Jedi council and, and to the, uh, the Republic, uh, you know, like we need some help and they couldn't officially do anything because this, this system, was trying to be neutral to begin with and then had kind of switched over to the separist way. So they had to kind of go in there and go incognito and train them themselves. They couldn't, or at least they weren't supposed to, as we know very often from Anakin and Ahsoka, sometimes they go against the rules and what the wants are of the, of the Jedi council, but they were not supposed to actually fight for them. They're just supposed to train them on how they could um, hopefully retake and put, Back their leader in place on that planet.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you look at Saw. It was interesting, you know. They, they, his issue with what happened with Andron, especially with regard to the Separatist government, was that the rightful ruler uh, had been essentially arrested and replaced with this figurehead. And uh, Saw, this group of fighters that had been pulled together, he was acting as kind of their de facto leader. He'd never been elected to that position. He just kind of took it upon himself to lead this group. Uh, And during the process of them being trained and um, learning how to fight the separatists by Anakin and and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, for sure, uh, you know, it kind of came about that uh, it was determined that this group should be allowed to select who they wanted to follow. And it turned out not being Saw. It was Stila, his sister. Again, uh, she was very passionate. Uh, She was part of the cause as well. But she was the moderating force on Saw. She would kind of think her way through situations. She was very good at giving speeches and motivating the, the troops around her, but she was also a capable fighter in her own right. Um, and one of the things, you know, about Saw, uh, certainly you would never argue that that he was not willing to put himself at risk. He was always at the forefront of every attack. If there was a solo mission, he was the guy taking that on. Um, and so, you know, leadership came very naturally to him, but the idea that you kind of have to win the hearts and minds of those around you, uh, was something that escaped him a bit at first.
3: Yeah. I mean, he always would play a little hard and fast for the rules. Um, you know, he, he saw himself, uh, you know, from the first moment you meet him and you see him with Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka and Captain Rex, you know, Steela leads him to him and said, you know here's saw this is my brother he believes you know he's the leader even no one's actually you know appointed him to that position he's just kind of taken it uh and he was not really thrilled when they told him that no we want to see stila stila is the better leader for this group i mean it's his sister and of course he loved her but he was a little upset that he wasn't made the leader and and that was you know, as, as we've seen so many times with him and going on through his life early this was the first sign early on that, um, some of the edginess that he has maybe isn't best suited to be the leader. Um, we could use somebody who can kind of balance things out a little bit better instead of just, you know, going in there and bluntly, mm-hmm. um, attacking and, and, and bringing the force, uh, not the force, but right. the force when we don't need, when we don't necessarily need it. Um, But he still, he was, he was a great fighter and he did end up being a great leader, even if he just took things a little too
2: far at times yeah I definitely think that you know his ability to you know as I said before win the hearts and minds uh, is something that he did pick up from his sister I think that that was kind of eye-opening to him that it goes beyond just uh, I wouldn't even say encouraging he was a pretty tough taskmaster when his troops were being trained by the Jedi Uh, he was just as hard on himself as he was on those around him in terms of expecting perfection uh, you know if someone made a mistake he was you know quick to point out as he did with Lux Bonteri who was one of these uh, separatist senators that ended up coming to fight for the partisans uh, because uh, you know he wanted to do something actively and ended up falling in love with uh, Saw's sister Stila which of course was a point of contention a little bit with uh, with Saw himself but you know it's it's one of those situations where you know his sister not only was that moderating force but she was also a bit of an inspiration and he does come to accept the fact that, you know, the troops did make an excellent decision in choosing her leader uh, and was able to kind of move past the anger and the frustration that he had experienced initially when that occurred.
3: Yeah, fell in line as the as the good soldier he is. Um, but yeah, yeah Stila just brought a little bit more balance to that role, you know, in between, right. you know, knowing when to fight, knowing when to back off and to control uh, the situation as needed. And that's one thing I think that saw lost in many times. You know, yes, he was a good leader. Yes, he was very successful in a lot of the things they did. Um, actually, was a, a fairly decent tactician. And, and was it smart enough to bring in people that can fill voids that he needed within the group, within the partisans? Um, but at times, you know, it wasn't he wasn't concerned with the loss of life on both sides, you know, and that's a problem when you're trying to one win the hearts and minds, as you mentioned, yes, he was able to do that. But there still was some difficulty there uh, later on trying to keep people in trying to keep people on his side, mm-hmm. which eventually would actually drive him a little out there, which we mm-hmm. see a lot of in Rogue One. Right. Um. But, you know. Also to, you know, try and get things accomplished maybe without drawing as much attention as, as he actually got uh, from the Empire. Yes, you want to draw some attention, uh, but sometimes it's a little too much and you can't achieve your goals when they're watching out for you
2: all the time and knowing
3: how extreme
2: you can be. Right, right. I guess we should address the the major issue kind of that's a formative item with him, which is at the end, the end of that arc within Clone Wars, uh, his sister Steela dies in a way that uh, Saw takes a lot of personal responsibility for, and it really is during that battle uh, with the with the droid army, and he is shooting down with the new weapon, uh, essentially like a. a Uh, Star Wars version of a a missile launcher, a rocket launcher. He's taking out the Separatist ships, and one of the ships crashes into a bluff where his sister was kind of overseeing the battle, and she falls, and uh, he is unable to save her and feels very responsible for her death. Um, And again, that is another one of those formative moments where this, this factor that had kind of kept some of his darker urges in in check was now gone Uh, and not only that but he felt personal responsibility for it and that's kind of something that haunts him throughout the remainder of the series as we see it
0: fire
1: last one's mine
3: I mean, it truly wasn't his fault. I mean, things happen in right. battles, you know, people die, you know, it's it's just part of war and it's unfortunate, but it is a fact. Uh, but yeah, he definitely took it to heart and felt that he was to blame in a large part for it. And uh, I I feel that was a demon within him. Mm-hmm. He had many demons for many reasons within him for the rest of his life. And they, I, I think they kept building. Um, but that was one of the key starts to His, you know, the situation where, you know, eventually he goes from being a genius leader to a little bit of an insane leader at at times, you know, you know, so you can't blame him for some of this stuff that's happened in his life and how he's basically been on the run. For almost his entire life.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's definitely been a fringe character within the Star Wars uh, galaxy. He's constantly wanted. The Empire is always on the lookout for him. Uh, you know, certainly the Separatists within the Clone Wars. But the other appearance by Saw that I wanted to just briefly touch on was he did make an appearance in the video game Jedi Fallen Order uh, on the planet of Kashyyyk.
0: Hey, who are you? Someone who just brought Nada to the table. Who are you? Someone making the Empire angry. <laughs> We're venturing on an imp landing pad up ahead with my fire support. Copy that. Let's make them even angrier. Yeah, I'm okay. You alright? No, we are not doing that again. You just wrecked a perfectly good walker. Got a name? Cal Kestis. Guerrero. What are you doing on Kashyyyk?
1: Looking for somebody. What
0: are you doing here? My companions and I came to Kashyyyk to disrupt and peel supply lines.
2: So uh Castus, who we've talked about in a previous episode, who's kind of the uh, protagonist of that particular series, does run up uh, against, uh, not against, but uh, into a group of, of Saw and his partisans on the planet of Kashyyyk. Uh, they're in the process of kind of disrupting Imperial supply lines. But they also end up uh, working together with Cal to free some of the Wookies that are uh, part of this uh, detainment facility that the Empire has there. That you know they're using as forced labor.
0: So, who are you looking for?
1: A Wookiee chieftain named Tarful.
0: Tarful is impossible to find. There's a reason he's evaded the Empire for this long.
1: He's a freedom fighter?
0: He's THE freedom fighter. A symbol of the Wookiee resistance. Striking at the Empire from the
1: Shadowlands. her, huh. Grease, this is Saul.
0: How you doing? What do you want with Toph? Jedi business. Jedi are dead. Not all of them. <clears throat> you get that over corpse? The Master gave it to me. This pad supports an Imperial refinery that runs on Wookiee slave labor. Intel suggests that some of the captains there are guerrilla fighters.
1: I should help them. One of them might know how to contact
0: Tarful. It's possible. Oh, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. The Manish works wonders. I mean, it's a great ship, excellent pilot, but it is not built for close support. We'll stay here and monitor Imperial transmissions. With a bit of luck, we'll intercept any distress calls. Appreciate it. My lieutenants and I will scout ahead to prepare the attack. Join us when you're ready. Go! Go!
2: Uh, so, we do get to see a little bit more of Saw kind of giving one of his impassioned speeches to his troops uh, and very much, uh, you know, playing that role that we've talked about as a true leader of this group of the partisans um, and, and inspiring them and, and essentially leading them to yet another victory.
0: We are not yet lost. Kashyyyk is not yet lost. For the course! I
3: actually felt that was kind of an important scene because, yeah. again, this is pre- Uh, Rogue One so you know you get to see a little bit more of the you know he he still has that edge but he's not quite lost his mind yet where you you see him in Rogue One you're like this guy has just he has just gone so far the wrong way with what he's doing that it's hard to see him as the leader and as an important voice within the Rebel Alliance you're just like he's nuts he's in this crazy faction of the Rebel Alliance that's their own thing Uh, just they're just too extreme Um, they're doing their thing whatever but we can't deal with them but if you look back you can see where you know originally they Mon Mothma and Bail Organa and them they did want to work with Saw because they did feel he was important but he just eventually he just strayed off too much off the path (laughs) that they we're looking to go down uh, but you got to see a little bit of the reasoning why um, they would want to have, have brought him in uh, earlier on in that game and yeah it's a game um, but I did think it was an important scene for sure.
1: Sagrera so is maybe the original rebel he is the first one in a long line of people that got trained by Jedi to fight for themselves to save their planets during the Clone Wars. He's the beginning of what would eventually become the rebel alliance
2: kind of getting back to the point that i was i was moving toward with uh with his appearance in rebels as i said you get to see an older more mature saw he's kind of rounded into uh, a motivational leader at that point you know you can tell that he's internalized some of the lessons he learned from his sister um, but he ends up interacting with the, the crew of the Ghost, uh, Kanan and Ezra and the remainder of that group, and they end up on Geonosis, which is really one of those key planets that not a lot of people talk about in the Star Wars universe, but that was essentially the birthplace of that first Death Star.
1: Because Rebels is in the timeline is before Rogue One, there's so much time there that you don't get to know. We could kind of build up, and since I did Saw when he was young, I can help create that time period in between. He believes that time for negotiating is gone, the empire is ready to wipe them all out, and that they're developing the means to do so. He doesn't have a name for it, but he is talking about the Death Star. It's good to see you alive, my old friend. So, you're Jedi? We
0: do our best. Never thought I'd meet another Jedi, much less two.
1: One of the things that yeah, happens sometimes passes. is we get some of the actors from the films to come in and portray their characters, and. Uh, Forrest Whitaker came in and played uh, Saw Gerrera in Star Wars Troubles, which was absolutely tremendous. Forrest did a great job at capturing Saw in a way that he is both a bit mad, a bit crazed, a bit afraid, but also a bit sympathetic. He sees something coming and no one will listen to him to take action before it's too late.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they are drawn there and, you know, they end up finding that this planet had been basically wiped clean of all existence there. At least they thought they, it was, right. um, you know, and, and it was obviously the empire trying to hide the fact that of what had gone on there or what they were building, um, you know, trying to, you know, decimate the species that could let the rest of the universe know, uh, what was happening out there. Um, But the the crew of the ghost and uh, Saw end up finding one remaining last Genosian out there, and um, obviously they had different interactions uh, with that right. Um Saw it obviously in his, you know, we, you know, we need to get this guy. We need to know what he knows and everything else. And the goes like, wait a minute, the goose crew, wait a minute. Let's kind of hear it out. Let's see what's going on with it at first. So obviously, again, you saw both ends of the sword in, in different ways uh, as you go through that episode.
2: Yeah, I mean, it really provides. Some of the backdrop for what we do see uh, within Rogue One, which is that there is a deep motivation within Sagrera. He knows that the Empire has some secret weapon that they are hiding, and he has taken it upon himself to to divine what that particular weapon is. He wants to get to the bottom of this whole mystery, and certainly this this fact that Geonosis had been, as you said, wiped clean by the Empire, uh, something that we do see a little bit of within the book Catalyst, uh, which is kind of the the predecessor to the events of Rogue One. Uh, but yeah, they do find this lone Geonosin uh, with the amazingly awesome name of Click Clack, right? Uh, and yeah. they determined that uh, the reason that he is actually attacking people as they're trying to find him is because he is guarding a, a queen's egg. Uh, he essentially wants to guard this egg and hopefully restart uh, the Geonosian, Geonosian people. So, uh, you know, he has his reasons for, for why he's defending himself. Saw uh, is again, very extreme in his approach to it. He wants to, he wants to uh, visit harm on the, on the poor click clack and, uh, the ghost, the crew of the ghost, essentially is able to uh, get him around to the point where they talk some sense into him, and, and that situation resolves itself fairly well. But uh, a little bit later on, we do get another visit from Saw Gerrera, uh and this time he ends up uh, essentially, for all intents and purposes, kidnapping Sabine and Ezra, Uh, to take them aboard his shuttle uh, to intercept this Imperial cargo ship that he knows contains some sort of secret material uh, that he thinks will help lead him to this super weapon that the empire is building.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's always, he, he knew it was out there. He knew there's something going on. I mean, he had enough contacts within the universe to kind of get the idea that there's this shadow, there's something happening out there. I mean, he knew Galen Urso. Mm-hmm. Look, he was good friends with Galen Urso. So he also knew that there was something sort of going on out there. So um, he wanted to find out more and more about it and try and crack the code and uh, do what he could. And he was going to try and, and do through any method possible to, to get the answers he needed.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it goes so far, you know, certainly I think Ezra uh, is a character within rebels that, does make some some great relationships with people. He certainly develops a relationship with Hondo Onaka. And as we know from past episodes where we've talked about Hondo, Hondo is a bit of a mercenary. He uh He would essentially sell his own mother if he thought it would give him advantage. And and he ends up getting to the point with Ezra where he actually learns a little bit about being a a better person. And you see some of that with Saw, but it doesn't stop Saw in this episode from uh, essentially using Ezra and Sabine to uh, achieve the goal of finding uh, the secret cargo, which turns out to be an enormous kyber crystal uh, that is clearly headed for the Death Star to be used as part of that super laser that the Death Star has. And um, they don't know that at this point. Uh, but Saw essentially does not want to destroy this. He wants to use that as a means to just, you know, stay on this shuttle and see where it delivers them, hoping that that is going to be the location of the Death Star and ends up actually stunning uh, Ezra and Sabine. <laughs> so again, doesn't kill him, but he's willing to do things even to people he considers friends uh, because he's always so sure that he is absolutely right and his way is the best way.
3: Yeah, I mean, you go if you ever read the novel Rebel Rising, um, which is a lot about uh, Jin Erso, but also, you know, Jin spent a lot of time with Saw Guerrera. I mean, yes, you don't see a lot of that uh, within Rogue One, but you see uh, you get a, a good backstory behind it, uh, it, within that and their life together. Um, and you can see how yes, he loved a lot of the partisans and how he he brought them in and celebrated them and they had victories, they had defeats, but they were always side by side, but also he was not afraid to turn on them in a second uh, when he needed to, to get the things he wanted, and especially also to, to protect Jim um who he considered basically his daughter and in many ways he took his took her in um almost in that form uh when they had to escape the planet when the imperials came from from galen and and, um ended up killing lira um on that planet uh he took her in and was very extremely protective of her, which was a different side of Saw. I mean, if you've right. seen Saw a little bit in the shows, in the movies, you see a lot about it, this hard edge person who is just just hell bent on stopping the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to see a little bit more of the loving Saw Gerrera, you know, that the family that there could have been a loving family style part of him if you read that novel. Yeah, it's
2: interesting. I have not read Rebel Rising, and uh, it's great that you have, because that's a a viewpoint on Saw that I have not seen. Although, you know, it goes right back to what we were saying before. You sees her as a daughter, and yet, just from the interplay between Saw and Jyn Erso within uh, Rogue One, you know that she is very angry at him because he essentially abandoned her. Uh, And Saw's point is that, you know, your father was an Imperial science officer, and people were starting to figure that out, and they would have used you. Uh, So he was not beyond being able to make a very difficult decision uh, because it was the greater good. Right. And just abandoning her uh, essentially to protect her. But, you know, she certainly was younger and didn't see it that way.
3: Yeah, with that that story is told within Rebel Rising by the way of, of what happens and how they kind of get separated there. Um yeah, he mean he, people within his partisan group and he was afraid of it entirely because of these people were so hell-bent against the empire to know that if they even within fighting alongside him knew that she was the daughter of somebody who was building these weapons who was so in, you know involved within the empire and you know not known that he was uh, you know basically a double agent essentially working within the empire at that point um, but so much so that they would because when you in uh, Rogue One you notice he has that necklace that with the kyber crystal right. on there that Chira Imwe, um points out you know and it's shown there he tells her that she needs to hide that often because yeah, of the of fact that you know um, Kyber is so rare that if somebody to have it it starts asking questions of why mm-hmm. does she have this uh, on her neck and some, of, some uh, there were some tussles and sometimes that would come out and there were some people uh, within his group that would see that and start questioning of who she was and why she was there and everything but Jin trained alongside Saw um, he taught her a lot of what he knew meanwhile she ended up developing these particular skills. It really is an interesting novel. If you if you have any interest in in Jinner, so in Rogue One, um, and they're and her experience uh, especially that part of the novel is really really good and and fascinating
2: yeah i'm actually going to check that out um i've got a i've got an audiobook credit uh i've got a lot of driving to do when i've got my son so uh i think that'll be the next one right so that works out perfectly um you know the other interesting parallel with saw is that you know you definitely see it by the time you get to rogue one he's missing several limbs he's got prosthetics he's wearing this uh you know chest armor that also is a bit of a life support system uh, right up to the point where, you know, when he takes the breath mask and puts it on and takes that breath and exhales, it's it, it's absolutely reminiscent of Darth Vader, uh, which ironically he was trained in a lot of his military tactics by um, with that being Anakin back on the planet of Onderon. So, you know, there's a lot of parallels between Saw Gerrera and Anakin uh, turning to Darth Vader. Uh, becoming more machine than man, and uh, in a lot of ways losing some of their humanity as part of that process, uh, to the point where you even see it uh, as he's dealing with Bodhi Rook within his stronghold there on Jeddah. Uh, he's willing to use the Borgullet to determine if Bodhi is used as you know some sort of an infiltration by the Imperials to to root him out. Um, knowing full well that even if the guy is telling the truth, that the Borgullet is going to drive him mad. So, uh, you know, the truth at any cost is, is one of those times where he is going across that line.
0: Lies! Deceptions! Let's see it! Booty, rook, cargo pilot. Local boy, eh? huh? Exist that she. Troubles not to to Okay, I can hear you. You didn't capture me. I came in myself. I defected. I defected. Every day, more lies. Lies? Would I risk everything for a lie? I... No, we don't have time for this. I have to speak to sol Guerrero before he... i find it. I gave it. Gailin Esso. He told me to find you.
3: see him in rogue one the the paranoia is at full 100 yeah. with uh, with the saga Rara. i mean still a leader um still you know doing helping tactically get ready to try and attack the empire do what they can do uh but at the same point you can tell that he is just half off his rocker at right. that point that everybody, you know, and you guys and I was just discussing with it in Rebel Rising how people within his own faction um he was concerned about fighting against him. That was I believe when a lot of the paranoia was beginning at yeah. that point. But you know, who knows there's a still a a large jump there in in within even um Jin's life to where she meets him again that we don't really know. We don't have the gap in there filled of what else has happened and during that time with Saw and why he's even driven more so to uh, the point of madness almost. Uh, but yes, um, the symbolism of that sound and the suit and ba- basically being the rebel um, Darth Vader almost, yeah. you know, showing that, the, yeah, I mean, it, to this point, we've seen, you know, bad guys, good guys, you know, the Empire right. versus the, the Rebel Alliance, the, the Republic, whatever it may be. But this kind of just, you know, that gray area of showing that, yeah, I mean, even on, you know, what was perceived as the good guys, that there were guys doing some stuff that, um, like you said, he lost his a lot of his humanity at that yeah. point. That there was stuff that was definitely pushing the envelope onto the dark side, per se. Um, I, I think it was a key moment. And, and one of the things I actually really love about Rogue One, that not everything is so clean and neat and perfect and black and white.
2: Yeah, I mean, that is really what drove me to want to do this episode now. We know that we've got Andor coming out here in just a few weeks, uh, and we're, we're expecting to see some uh, potentially Saw Gerrera, if not just the partisans within that series. But even without that, I mean, they, he is really the father of that aspect of the Rebel Alliance, right? As I said, all those assassins and saboteurs uh, really were what spawned as part of the rebel alliance from this group, the partisans, uh, hopefully with a little bit more constraint about how they do things, but with an understanding that at some at some times uh, you don't have the strength to go head on with the empire. so you're gonna have to fight with some of these guerrilla tactics and uh, you know, and, and do things that may be morally questionable again, for the greater good. So uh, you know that is really, the impetus behind this episode. We're going to explore some other characters in an upcoming episode here before, uh, before that Andor series drops that are characters that we've seen in prior, uh, prior movies, prior shows. um, Certainly with, uh, with Bentwick and Edrio, two tubes who are some really kind of, I think visually stunning characters, but they've dropped into solo. They've dropped into so many different places. Uh, and I think people see them and they wonder who they are, and I think we'll explore them in an upcoming episode here uh, just so that people have a little background on that. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the scenes that that we really didn't talk about that I think is also formative uh, with Saw and really his impact on that Rebel Alliance is within uh, Rebels. He actually has a a conversation with Mon Mothma. Um, It's via hologram. It's not whether or not we fight. It's... It's how we
1: choose to fight that matters. I know, Kanan. Maybe we're choosing the wrong way.
0: Members of the Alliance to Restore the Republic. Saw. So. Your losses today stem from your leader's cowardice. Their unwillingness to take decisive action against the Empire. All across the galaxy, your people suffer while the leaders of this... <laughs> Rebellion refused to act. Should I shut it down? No, I want to speak to him. Madam Senator, I'm honored. What is your business here? You ignored my warning about the Delindi relay and paid the price. Now you have confirmation, yet, still, you refuse to destroy it. So long as our allies in the Senate have hope of a peaceful resolution to this conflict, I will not risk... If you continue to allow this war to be fought on the Empire's terms, not yours, you are going to lose. I will not be lectured on military strategy by a man who has proven himself a criminal. The Empire considers both of us criminals. (laughs) At least I act like one. You target civilians. Kill those who surrender. Break every rule of engagement. If we degrade ourselves to the Empire's level, what will we become? There she is! That's the leader the rebellion needs. Where is that fire, that passion, when your people need it most?
2: But he is essentially challenging the Rebel Alliance, he's telling them you're too passive, you're, you're laying back, you're not taking the fight to the Empire, your enemy is using these tactics and yet you hold your ba- yourself back from them and you're not going to be able to be successful playing their game as long as they dictate the rules, they're in control. And uh, you know Mon Mothma gives a very impassioned speech about how you know Saw is too extreme, and you know if we go too far down that path, you know we may win, but are we going to essentially become the very thing that we're fighting? Which again is one of those key themes within Star Wars. Uh, And Saw actually respects her for that. He respects the fact that she is, she is essentially being a voice for her, an impassioned voice for her uh, mindset. And he says, you know, that's the spirit, that's the Mon Mothma that that the uh, Republic needs or that the Rebel Alliance needs. Um, and, And essentially, I think that that conversation was kind of the first step for Mon Mothma down that path where she started to understand that, Uh, You know, a peaceful resolution was unlikely that, uh, you know, possibly the rebels did need to consider some tactics, some measured tactics, but some tactics nonetheless that would, uh, you know, kind of be more in line with what Saw and his partisans were doing.
3: Right. And the other thing with Mon Mothma is she was constantly, and you see this in Rogue One, when they're trying to decide uh, whether or not to, one, extract Galen Erso, but also, you know, to attack and um, try and get the the plans for the death star. And, you know, she is there trying to actually voice for this to get done. But you heard all the other voices around from the other different systems that are like, we can't do this. It's not the right time. We'll be obliterated. If we do that, it will be the end of the rebel Alliance. We need to wait and pause. She had to play that balance in between both. That's why I'm saying. What I was saying earlier is that, she and Baylor organa had to kind of play that diplomat and sometimes you're like well, oh, it's obvious you need to go get these things but at the same point if you lose all these systems what do you have to fight when it's all said and done anyway so it really was a tough position she was in yeah. um, you know the fact that they were able to go ahead and get that done anyway steal those plans actually destroy the death star um, Was such a huge thing to show that this can be done, and we can move forward and bring other systems in and
2: listen more to Mon Mothma and uh, the rest of that group. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because uh, I've always read that whole scene. Certainly, you know, as Mon Mothma is there in council and Jin makes her impassioned speech about how, you know, you know, hope and uh, you know. You know, if there's no hope, then we're lost. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to get them to mobilize their forces to go to Scarif and and, uh, get these plans. And um, Mon Mothma knows full well that she's leading a group of rebels and rebels are going to rebel. Uh, She did Mm -hmm. nothing to explicitly state that no one was to do anything. And it's almost like she knew that regardless of what was going on, there were enough people in her forces that someone was going to take action and go do the right thing. And then at that point, she's like, well, you know, we have to support them. Uh, You know, we got to go after them or or we're just going to lose part of our forces. So it was almost like, uh, you know, she was just kind of letting it play out on its own uh, and letting things naturally happen without her having to actually order them into battle, which would have put her into conflict with so many of those member systems uh, that were supporting the Rebel Alliance. So I thought it was uh, I thought it was kind of a cool uh, way to handle that. Um, Certainly, Mm -hmm. you know, the rebels are going to do what the rebels are going to do. Uh, to defeat the Empire. And, and there were just too many people there that felt strongly that way that they were not going to stand by and let an opportunity like that pass. So Admiral Raddus was- And to uh, tie it
3: all in. Yeah. No, go tie ahead. tie it all in, who was it led by? Jin Urso, who right. basically had Saw Guerrera as a father figure yep. to lead her to push that and then Cassian Andor, who we've already seen, yeah. Yeah, is also pushes a little bit more on the edge yep. than maybe some of the other Rebels um, we've seen, uh, again, leading towards uh, that, that that tactic that Saw Gerrera put in there. So, you yeah. know, it totally makes sense that these would be the leaders that would decide to rebel against what the Rebel Alliance had decided they were going to do at that point and and, and make this happen.
2: Yeah, I, I really think that that is what they're going to lean into pretty heavily with Andor. I think that this is going to be a show that uh, as much as it is a backstory of a character like Cassian, uh, it's going to really show some of the evolution of, of the Rebel Alliance from this, this uh, very Mon Mothma approach, this peaceful uh, take on things to kind of them taking on some of these darker tactics, some of these uh, more extreme tactics and kind of how that's going to fold into the overall Rebel Alliance. So I think it's going to be a really interesting show. Uh, very much looking forward to it. It's, it's the kind of Star Wars that is unlike most of what's come out before. It's going to be uh, edgier, I think. It's going to be a little bit darker. But I think uh, certainly once they bring in K2SO, and I have no doubt that they're going to, uh, I'm going to be back in my happy place because that is uh, one of my favorite characters in the entire Star Wars universe.
3: Yeah, one of ours, too, especially my (laughs) wife, Michelle. She loves K2SO. So uh, I'm excited to see him uh, come back into the fold, hopefully so uh, at some point during the season. I think so. Um, But uh, looking forward to that day when he does make his appearance. But, yeah, I I agree with you. I think the show is going to be exciting. It's going to be a little bit different than anything we've seen um, from the Star Wars series so far. I mean, I I know that there's a lot of dispute on – who likes what out of the Star Wars series so far. I've enjoyed that they've kind of come at it from a different point of view in every single one of them. And I kind of like that, you know? I mean, it's some series I like more than others, Um, but I've enjoyed that they can look at it and have a different way about them when they go into telling whatever story is they may be trying to get across to us
2: yeah and it's interesting because they're touching on all of the various viewpoints that were kind of inspirations to lucas when he was doing it you know you get you get a little bit of that samurai flair in some of the ahsoka episodes you get the western gunslinger uh vibe when you're watching the mandalorian a lot you now we're going to get some of the kind of uh mystery spy thriller type vibes with this cassian Andor series so uh Everything you know, as you said, it's got its own flavor. It's got its own flay, uh, you know, flair. Uh, and I think there's going to be something I think that works for everyone, depending on what your preference is. So, very much looking forward to that. I'm sure we'll have lots of conversations once the series actually gets going. Um, anything else you uh, you want to touch on with Sagrera that you feel like we missed?
3: No, I really think we covered it a lot.
2: Yeah. Like I said, if you're a Saw
3: guerrera fan or interested in it at all, and if you're especially interested in so um right. definitely check out Rebel Rising. It's it's a really good book. Um, I, I I feel it it fades a little bit near the end. You get a little bit more of Jin's story uh, that maybe isn't necessary, sure. but it kind of does tell the tale of where we fell from. Um, uh, where she kind of got into this as she was growing up and right. how she developed into the character she was. But I really, really think that the Saw Gerrera, um, gin almost father-daughter relationship there is fascinating. Yeah. And it, it shows a lot as to where they would progress, where you see Gin in the future when she... Um, does when we do come across her in rogue one i find her a fascinating character i, I would love to see series about her or have her pop up in other yeah. series to do little roles because i think she's fascinating and so um i i do highly recommend it if you're interested at all to to checking out that novel i
2: i always am happy that i've got you on because you always bring up something that i know that i need to go check out and uh, certainly as i said i was looking for a book to read and you just recommended the perfect one so really appreciate that really appreciate you coming on Uh, I know that you've got a lot of things going on right now, moving from from California out to Florida and kind of getting settled out there. Uh, So very, very glad that you're back, Tom.
3: Yeah, it's just great to be back and uh, have the time again. Uh, my, my life has been <laughs> turned upside down a little bit, but it's so good to be back and talking with you yeah. and here in the Jedi Temple Archives. And um, it's I'm looking forward to being able to do this much more frequently Terrific. and be back with you. In the meantime, I've heard some great people join you. Uh, Pat and Charles from the Conversations podcast, Rogazaga, of course, from the Scarif podcast, all did a fantastic job yeah. of, of, you know, filling in for me and and many times doing much better than i ever do but (laughs) they would uh, debate that that the the conversation could be continued even when i was not available so thank you guys
2: yeah yep they uh, they've done a great job of filling in but uh, nothing like having you on the show so again my original co-host the inspiration behind me even getting this thing going and uh, a great friend so much appreciated why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and uh, michelle in the hyperion adventures podcast well, I
3: appreciate it again. Thanks, Rob, for inviting me back after so long. It has it is always good to talk Star Wars with yeah. you, always enjoyable time, but uh, if you want to find the, the Hyperion Adventures podcast, which is the show I do with, with my wife on a weekly basis, uh, we mostly talk about Disney and Disney parks, and but we do talk a lot about Star Wars, we do talk about Marvel, etc. We give tips, news stories, uh, but if you want to find us, the best place to do it is on our website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com, although we are on virtually every podcatcher out there. Uh, also, you can find us on social media we're on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast and if you ever want to contact us for any reason to you know just suggest a topic uh, just say hi whatever uh, you can always reach out to us at hyperion adventures
2: podcast at gmail.com yeah also check out tom's uh, disney dishes blog if you love food and you love Disney, uh, again, it's not just Disney. He, he does uh, food recipes from other other places as well. But Tom has got some serious chef skills, and he uh, basically breaks down those recipes and creates delectable dishes uh, with all kinds of information on how you can do the same thing at home. So uh, check out Disney Dishes' blog as well because that uh, God got the food that you make. You send us pictures, and uh, and I have to delete them from my phone because if my wife finds stuff like that on there, I'm in big trouble.
3: <laughs> I'm trying to entice you guys down here more so it's, I can cook for you. It's working. I, I haven't been <laughs> able to do that nearly enough. I haven't been able to cook nearly enough recently, so it was good to get back to that. And then, Yeah, I have a new Disney dish uh, coming this week for the Disney Dishes vlog. Something straight from the Top of the World Lounge, the new Villains Layer menu. At the Top of the World Lounge at Walt Disney World at the uh, Contemporary Resort. So uh, that will be coming out later. Yeah, uh, Disney Dishes Blog.com. Um, we're on social media at Disney Dishes on Twitter, at Disney Dishes Blog everywhere else. So check us out there as well.
2: Yeah, please do. Uh, man of Many Talents, his lovely wife Michelle uh, joins him on the Hyperion Adventures podcast, and uh, we always have a great time hanging out and talking with Tom and Michelle. So if you want to find us or talk to us about Star Wars, you can do so at JTAPodcast.com. Uh, if you want to reach, out via email. It's jtapodcast at gmail.com, and you can find us on socials at jta podcast. So, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Uh, really had a great time talking with Tom about a seminal character within Star Wars, Saw Gerrera. Hopefully you've uh, found this information to be helpful and uh, it kind of expands your enjoyment of some of what you see in Star Wars, especially Andor uh, when and if he makes an appearance. So, you guys have a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening, and may the Force be with you. Thank <laughs> you.